Hi, and welcome to the 350th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski. Hey there. And Mark Hicks. Hey, Kyle. And today, we're asking Alan Walk and Aaron Moore of Walk More Tools, the five questions. So welcome back to the show, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Well, before we get started with the five questions, uh, let's go to our Patreon shout out for this episode. As always, we want to give a big thanks to our Patreon supporters. And today we're going to recognize John Marine. If you would like to support the show like John does, uh, go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast and give us some support. Fantastic. Well, thanks a bunch, John. Well, let's move on to the five questions. So how did y'all get into woodworking? I'll start with you, Alan. So uh, my dad always had a shop growing up. So I was around it my whole life. Mm -hmm. When I was getting ready for college, I thought that I wanted to do some sort of fine art, whether that was sculpture or painting or something. So that's what I started going to college for we had you know one of the required classes was this lecture series and this one week it was one of the furniture design professors giving a a lecture and slideshow and just talking about his work and it was the first time i was exposed to you know studio furniture art furniture sculptural furniture Mm -hmm. and it really appealed to me so i Talked to him some more, took an elective that year, and ended up switching my major end of my freshman year. And then went through the woodworking and furniture design program and have stayed with it. Who was that lecturer? Anybody who know? Andy Andy Buck. Andy Buck. Yeah. Hmm. Doesn't ring a bell with me, but then it kind of sounds familiar, so I'm not sure. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) So, Aaron, what about your Real quick, I, I think that's the first uh, college education is what kind of took me down this path. Like that's that's really really cool that it was you know, something you picked up at that point. We hear a lot of first home or parent, you know, inspiration. But that's Alan. That's really cool. No, thanks. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I like I said, I tried doing the furniture <laughs> as a living thing and art furniture as a living, I think is even a whole other difficulty, but it's been great. Well, the, I think the thing that strikes me is that you could stay at that school and get a degree. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, yeah. Like what, what's, what college was this? It's RIT, the Rochester uh, Institute of Technology. Okay. So we, within the, within the university, there's the school for American crafts. So there was oh, okay. the wood program, there's metal and jewelry, there's glass and ceramic. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so, so it's a whole craft school oh, and a big okay. Wendell Castle connection. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. So, so it's a little bit like North Bennett Street. They have a bunch of different disciplines within their school. I just have to put that on my kid's short list of colleges to go visit. He decides yeah. he wants to go to college. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, Aaron, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I... I my dad was an engineer growing up and had a little shop in the garage and mm-hmm. he mostly made stuff out of sheet goods. Um, okay. But I, you know, I had access to tools as a kid and I kind of got into it a little bit. And then I, I went into college for mechanical engineering. And as I was kind of coming out of that, um, the woodworking stuff appealed to me, but I, I wanted to really do like 
all hardwood and and not just like plywood stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was kind of starting to read magazines, fine woodworking and popular woodworking and stuff. And then I went to a, a Lee Nielsen event in Rochester, and that was the first time I really used like proper hand tools and, and could like see what they were capable of. I was kind of building my shop at that point, but it was all you know power tool based at the time. Yeah, and uh, I got married about the same time, so I had um, need for furniture and right. a house and everything. And it was like I just started buying up Lee Nielsen videos because at the time, like yeah. you know, there was no Instagram or YouTube really, and anything with the levels, mm. you know, not like it is today. And uh, I watched tons of Lee Nielsen videos and kind of started practicing all the techniques and everything and, and buying up tools as I could afford them and just kind of self-taught and started making stuff. And yeah. Just really enjoyed it. Yeah. And you're like, don't worry, honey, I can make all this furniture. We're going to save all kinds of money. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that, but okay. I, 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 have I might have at one time said that when I first got it started. And then it's just like, Oh yeah, we could have some real nice furniture for all the money I've spent on tools. Yeah. <laughs> we could have bought some furniture from you, Alan. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well that that that's fantastic. So so, how much furniture have you made for your uh, house? Um, well, I, the first thing I ever tried to make uh, was kind of a wedding present. I made a sleigh bed for us. Oh which wow, that's kind of a wedding in. present. Yeah, <laughs> kind of jumped in whole hog. So, yeah. um, I've, after that, I I pretty much did everything in our bedroom. Now we have a couple of end tables and a picture frame and um, a couple things like that, a, a mirror frame yeah. and stuff. Um, and then I've done like a a walnut entertainment center. It was a few years ago now that I did that one um, for yeah. downstairs. Um, coffee table. I'm doing another coffee table. It's not quite done. Um, a few other miscellaneous things for the house um and then we, when we started having kids i was i was pretty reluctant to build like a really nice dining table or anything like yeah, that exactly. so i've <laughs> i've held off on a couple of those projects but yeah um i think other than the dining table pretty much everything else is kind of oh that's kind of cool. there so i think you need to you need to build that table because those all those like dents and dings and scratches you imagine will just horrify you in 30 years, there'll be things that there'll be stories. Yeah. And you'll be glad that you have them. I, I used to, you know, when I was selling furniture to customers, uh, that's something that people would bring back stuff to be refinished that was 20 or 30 years old. And, and, uh, they didn't, they didn't want those things taken out. They just said, put some new finish on it. Uh, so I wouldn't be afraid of that. Yeah. yeah they're getting old enough that they, I might, I might be getting there. <laughs> Two and three yeah. year olds trouncing it, maybe not, but you know, ten yeah. year olds. Yep, we're probably getting yeah. close. And it doesn't matter because I built a dining room table and my wife spilled some nail polish remover on it. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> that'll take the finish right yes, off. Yes, it will. And guess what? We still got a little uh, spot of on our dining room table. Oh, yes, my yeah. parents have uh, a an old end I'm, table that somebody put a hot pizza box on. Mm-hmm. that it whitened whatever Washed. yeah whatever coat yeah. was on there it's still there never been retouched it's now it's they have a, like a living room in their basement and like, i can still remember the old the old living room of the old house and that day i guarantee it was uh like hawaiian pizza 
<laughs> from this place down the street from us. Like I, I can, I can. So who see would it. have ordered that pizza? Oh, um, probably my parents. I mean, we. Oh, I mean, okay, okay. I, I, I think it was all your fault. Okay. No, 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 no. I think all four kids were there. I was, I was in my teenage years. Okay. Uh, when it happened, most likely. But yeah, it was like one of those things. Like yeah, and they got the, the that table they got from my grandfather, my dad's dad, and it was just like uh, no one's gonna touch it. It just has this little white rectangle on it. <laughs> you know, it's 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 character, damn it. Pizza damn box, it. man. <laughs> it's hot pizzas and uh, bread baskets. We used to warn our customers: don't don't, don't ever do put it. a put a hot pizza on a table without a without a trivet or something. Alan, what what's I mean other than the Walkmore router plane. What, what is your favorite tool? So I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, there I have a couple sentimental tools that like my dad's old hand plane that are great. But if I'm being really honest, I have a, a JDS multi-router and it's, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does such great things that it, that's my favorite. That's fair. How about you, Aaron? Um, yeah, I, I still, one of the first tools I bought and the first Lee Nielsen tool I ever tried at that hand tool event I went to um, was the number seven joiner. And I still love that thing. I mean, I like a lot of tools and I have a lot of tools, but, you know, the the joiner, I use it so much and I'm not limited by, you know, it has to be narrower than 12 inches or anything. I can go as wide as I want and I just love using it. It's it's one of the ones I I go to the most and enjoy the most. So it's it's definitely definitely a favorite of mine. Now, do you have a cambered iron or straight iron? I camber it for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, those Lee Nielsen tool events will just get you. I mean, it's it well, are absolutely fantastic because you can actually use a plane that's ready to go, sharpened, and actually feel what it's like to to uh, use one if you've never used a plane before, and it's it's fantastic. But yeah, it is very um, intoxicating and uh, will relieve you of uh, all of your money. <laughs> all, all, all of it. <laughs> Well, I went to one of those events and fell in love with the number 51 uh, plane. and uh, The shooting plane? Yeah, the uh-huh. shooting plane. Oh, and, boy. Yeah, I have one of those, and I maybe use it three times a year, but it's fantastic every time I use it. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's about all they're good for, unfortunately. Once yeah. in a while. Well, yeah. I think yeah. if you're if you're if you're doing a lot of hand tool woodworking you, you yeah use it's, a lot but exactly yeah well I, I was getting in i was doing when i bought it i was doing a lot of flat work a lot of stuff like that but just about the time i bought it probably within six months of buying i got into chairs and it's just like okay <laughs> you just don't use use that uh but yeah you know and then i do still do occasional flat work like uh, making picture frames or something like that and yeah i'll break it out and there you go it's it's the greatest thing since sliced bread in fact right. it will slice bread yeah <laughs> really thin <laughs> really really thin beef jerky too cool all right so alan uh what has or who sorry has influenced you the most so again i i would i would i would have to break all this into categories like in terms of <laughs> in terms of just work it's definitely my dad just instilling the work ethic that has been necessary to just keep grinding at this 
definitely came from him. Um, in terms of aesthetics, like I, I mentioned before about um, <clears throat> Andy Buck, he, he was a, a big influence that really kind of brought me into this, this whole world. Like it wasn't, it wasn't furniture that got me. It was his furniture that got me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he's, he was a, a big influence. That's very, very cool. And Aaron, how about you? Who has influenced you the most? Well, I, I'd probably be remiss if I didn't also start with my dad. I mean, that is kind of what I grew up doing and, and playing around in the shop at, as a kid. Um, but in terms of the hand tool stuff and, and what I do today, um, honestly, I, I think it was it was Lee Nielsen. Um, hmm. Going to that hand tool event kind of mm-hmm. turned the lights on for me. And then I actually went, um, I think my firstborn was like, nine months old and my wife uh planned a trip for us to go to warren maine and visit the the uh headquarters there and i was i was considering tool making at the time i hadn't formally started doing anything yet um but there was a couple things i was looking at and i had talked with him and we talked on the phone um this is specifically thomas lee nielsen Mm -hmm. um and then when i told him i was coming up to visit um, I met with Deneb for a while and then met with Tom for quite a bit. I think we probably spent the better part of an hour just like he, Deneb, and I talking about tools and kind of what I was looking at and how I was trying to consider having a made and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, that just the quality of the tools and how, how fun they are to use and everything just really kind of threw me into it. And I never really looked back. So it's. I think for for me, that's that's really what got me going on it. That's pretty good. Good good inspiration. I mean, Tom Lee Nielsen obviously did a lot for reviving the the kind of the old you know Stanley style turn of the last century plane making and getting those things in a modern modern day. And truly, I'm, I've not been there. I on my bucket list for sure to to visit that shop. To, to see it, but I've seen videos. That's about as close as I've gotten. But like, <laughs> I can understand like how kind of inspiring that would be, especially if you were, you know, you know, looking at becoming a tool maker yourself. Like, that's that's a really good, you know, spot to look on. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was Tom, a lot of fun. And, and Tom, the best thing, the thing that I really like about Tom after his tools is he plays like this infinite game. He's he's more concerned about moving the craft forward and, and keeping things going. And just the fact that he would sit down and talk with you about building tool, like making tools. Um, you know, you just don't, you don't come across very many people like that. Uh, you know, when he invited, um, well, it was Deneb, but um, they invited, they invite all kinds of other tool makers to come out and, and show at their shows that they're promoting and they're, mm-hmm. they're doing all the hard work. Um, to get the show right. put on and they're letting us come out and show our stuff right next to theirs and it's not direct competition but it is competition there's only so much money at the show to be spent but um, I really appreciate Tom for that I think um, you know he's it says a lot about him as a person and, and the company the ethos of the company for sure um, you know and I think you know to hear that story I guess it's surprising in a business sense but not surprising when you think about the way Tom does business, that he would sit down and give you advice on, you know, how to make tools uh, for woodworking, even though he's already doing that. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, with Tom, it's always going to be frank advice. You're going to know where he stands on the subject. (laughs) 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 And well, I mean, that, that's a compliment. I mean, he is rather opinionated about certain things and, uh, that's refreshing really. Uh, he doesn't beat around the bush. So, yeah. 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 You know, so I'm going to, I'm going to go to Aaron first on this one. Uh, so what has been your biggest stumbling block? Um, for my woodworking or, or are we talking like for tool making? Well, whatever, you're, you know, whatever you think is the most yeah, informative. I mean, <laughs> for tool making, it's, it's definitely been the casting headaches. That was <laughs> a lot to work through. We talked about that last time, but yeah. Uh, no, I think for me what? personally. You're not casting those? No. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> for me personally, um, I think in, in the early days, it was just kind of lack of training you know, trying to get my hands on good advice and, and good, you know, techniques of how to do this and make joinery and, you know, how do you make boards flat and, and accurate and all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, there, there just wasn't the level of Instagram and YouTube stuff that you could just hop on and look at. And um, it just was, it was a lot of time just reading and, and buying Lee Nielsen videos on stuff and just really trying to like figure it out as I went. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fortunately, it's it's gotten a lot better. There's so many areas now that you can look at how people are doing things and quick tips on Instagram or whole two-hour videos on YouTube. I mean, there's tons of information out there now. Oh, yeah. You're exactly right. Sometimes there's too much information. But, yeah, I can imagine <laughs> that, yeah, um, jumping in the hobby when I did was just when YouTube was starting to talk, take off. So there wasn't a lot out there. Um, that's I kind of followed uh mark spagnolo and the wood whisperer you know that was kind of you know i kind of started woodworking about a year before he started um but that was my primary stuff um now there's just so much out there but of course there's a lot of of course misinformation but if you you know take your time i mean it's amazing the resources that are out there for you to to utilize so what what year was that what would you say when did woodworking and youtube kind of come together and start to really take off 2007 okay i would say i think mark got started about 2006 so i want to say about 2007 you know he he he'd put a year into it and he started refining his craft but um you know even his first videos were were pretty well done yeah um, you, you know and i think matt vanderlist was uh in the same ball game there doing the podcast Matt's basement yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> And then they teamed up and started doing the wood talk stuff. But I think, yeah, that was probably about it. About 2006, I want to say. 2006 when I got started, probably about 2007. And then it's just continued to expand from there to a point where I was absolutely consuming almost all the woodworking content where to this day, there's no way I can. You know, yeah. it's just impossible. Um, there are so many great people out there that I'm not even aware of. So, you know, it's that that's where it is at this point in time. So Alan, the question is to you, what, what's been your biggest stumbling block? Yeah. So it, it would relate to the castings, but more generally just, just doubt and fear. You know, mm. there, there have been times through this whole process that we just feel like we're constantly running into one wall after another. And I've been so grateful that this is a partnership that when like I've just had it, <laughs> I'm just just done with all of these headaches. Aaron can kind of, well, just talk me down a little bit. And 
that goes back and forth between us. But there was a time when that was that was really tough. So we were putting all this time and money into it and the returns aren't there. And I just need to see something. And we have, <laughs> you know, and I, I got that mm-hmm. some. So <clears throat> but it was it was tough for a little while there. Yeah. That's that's rough. <laughs> you know, but I mean that's yeah. like you said, you got a partnership and it's not very common where both of you are at your wits end at the same time. Exactly. You know, it's nice to have uh have somebody there to kind of pick you back up. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely I don't think either of us would be here if we were doing it solo. It's it's definitely been necessary to have us as a partnership going back yeah. and forth together. For sure. And you guys both didn't set out, you know, 20 years ago to do this. You know, you both had your no. own careers going and then you spin off and say, you know, let's start a tool company. And that's that's a leap. So understandable to, to have <laughs> healthy fear in there. Otherwise, you could get yourself into trouble. Right. Yeah. Plus, I think some of the first tools y'all made, they're probably collector's items at this point in time, correct? Well, probably going like, you know, twice the resale, <laughs> maybe three times the resale on eBay. Mark, that Browns router plane. I don't think we could say that, but you can well, say Well, I, I could sell the router plane just because you can't get them anymore, but I'd have to get a new one first before I'd be willing to sell the old one, which means yep. it's worth more than I'd pay for it. You know, I, I do want to... Um, I've got a. I've got one of these days. I've got to set up and, and get my three browser windows going and my refreshes and all that stuff because I, I do want to get one of the new ones and just to hold them both in my hands and see what's changed. Because um, I, I, you guys may or may not remember, I called you guys and I said, hey, I've got some things that you know I would change if I was gonna, you know, if I was making your router plane. And yeah. it was all it was all really minor stuff, um, but. No, it- we we listen though that that next batch of castings when we had a chance to update the patterns they they were they were a little beefier Beefy. yeah they certainly look beefier and you've changed the thread pitch on your adjuster yeah. screws yep. right I was now, gonna say I remember yeah. you talking about that can we get a retrofit for the old router plane to change the pitch no because Ooh. you'd have you'd have to because there's a, yeah, that's the that's retap. in a lot that's like the knobs and the yeah, it's the knobs, the depth yeah. adjust nut, the taps and the castings, all that. See, I'm just gonna have to buy another one. That's all yeah. there is to it. Yep. Like yeah. my high, my uh, super or yeah. the, the small one when the small <laughs> one comes out. But, you put, uh, yeah. put that one up on a shelf and just look no, at it. No, I I yeah. I've um yeah, definitely really uh like the work that you guys have done. And you 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 are responsive. I know you um you know, you, you heard what I said and, and I didn't get a chance. I mean, I didn't, I didn't need a, a fourth router plane when the, when the revised versions came <laughs> out, but I may need a fourth one now. So yeah, a smaller one. Yes. Smaller. That's bigger <laughs> and smaller at the same time. <laughs> exactly. I have to figure out how that works. But. Explain that with science. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's a Willy Wonka router physics. plane is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we'll go back to Aaron for this one again. Uh, uh, how has the internet influenced your work? Uh, um, I think, you know, with my with my background, I kind of like picking this up on my own as a hobby and then kind of getting into it more and more. And um, when I started the Instagram account for the business, just to have really originally, it was, it was more about just having somewhere to post the work I was doing for fun because 
I had like a personal account just for my family with my kids and stuff for my parents and stuff to look at. And I didn't really want to post woodworking stuff there because none of them care. So I was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh, other woodworkers might care. So I was posting it on this business account. And, um, you know, it was it was surprising how quickly people were like jumping in with with comments and, and, you know, following and liking videos and everything. I, I wasn't expecting that kind of rise in the the instagram crowd that was kind of building up at the time and then as that started to grow i started you know meeting customers and and following other people back on instagram and seeing how they were doing things and stuff they were making and the amount of just creativity specifically to like hand tool woodworking that you can take in in a day of just seeing hundreds of posts if you want to look at them um there's there's just so many little especially if you already know how to do it. Like if you already are a a capable woodworker, sometimes you just see a a five second snippet of a video and it clicks something where it's like, Oh, that's, that's slick. I could, I could add that to my techniques and stuff. And Mm. um, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting how that has just kind of opened so many doors to, to see how people do things and what they make. And then how it kind of just, it's hard to, I can't even really try to understand like just how many ways I've been kind of just even subconsciously influenced by just seeing so many things and and taking it in and and thinking about what I like or don't like and then where it gets kind of folded into the work I do on my own time. That's crazy. Just, you know, because I mean, I mean, you can think back, you know, if Instagram wasn't there when you were starting your company, how different might it be? I hate playing the what if game, but I mean, like truly, you know, it's, We've heard it time and time again. Like it is a huge, uh, you know, tool out there mm-hmm. to get to get almost direct feedback. Yeah. You know, and then unexpectedly at the beginning, for sure. You know, you go, oh, I can, I didn't know so many eyes would be here. You know, and and then the the friendly comments and well, hopefully, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, constructive criticism at times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, mean I, I don't think we would have jumped into like the router or anything if we didn't have. You know, thousands and thousands of followers who were all kind of vocally supporting mm-hmm. what we were doing and the research and everything. And by the time we got around to putting down the money for patterns and all that, we felt confident that we at least had a shot of selling these things. And yeah. Yeah, that's and only through Instagram. Yeah, there's a lot of good social media platforms that I, that are out there, but I think Instagram, you know, kind of hit its niche with, especially in our little little. Um, and well, I hate to use niche again, niche. but our little niche <laughs> of woodworking, our little niche of the world in woodworking, it's it's a pretty visual uh, type of hobby. So uh, Instagram immediately took off with everyone. Um, and so while there are the there are other social media platforms that are out there that but I don't think to the degree that Instagram has as far as within woodworkers, especially during a certain period of time that, yeah, I really did kick off and it just continues to grow and mature at this point in time yeah yeah i know i know seeing i didn't i didn't i never heard of a preston router plane until you guys you know started posting about it and um you know i i thought to myself when i heard that you guys were going to be building a router plane i was like well there's already two good router planes on the market you know and then i started seeing the pictures of the prototypes and you know it i was like oh okay when that comes out i want one i mean that that makes 
I can see where that would be totally useful. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm so, it definitely influenced me. It got me interested in, because I have no need for drawer cramps. Um, you know, I don't make drawers, but um, I met you guys at a show and uh, started following along. And then the router plane picture started coming out. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be a useful little tool. It worked for me. <laughs> go. Got me on board. So no, yeah, I, mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I I wouldn't want to overstate it, but I I'm not sure this would be happening still without the internet and Instagram specifically. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not I'm not on social media personally. Like I I have an Instagram account, but it's mainly so I can see what Aaron posts <laughs> for the business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I do, I do check stuff out, but it's, it's not, it's not a big part. Like I don't have Facebook or Twitter or anything. Um, so I remember driving down to that Woodwork, Woodworking in America show in Winston-Salem and checking out Texas Heritage and Sterling and Plate 11 and thinking, okay, you know, there, there are other people doing this maybe we can too because without that kind of encouragement i don't especially in those those early months and years i i don't i don't know that we could have kept it going it's so a good thing you, it you was did a, have a it booth was a at that deal. did y'all have a booth at that I one i think or? we were sharing a booth weren't we, <laughs> we did were you? yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were still negotiating the price on our way to the show. It was nuts. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, see yeah. we all met that each was... other. We just never remember meeting each other. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I I have to say, Alan, it's a good thing you did not look at my books at yeah. the time because you would have been, you know, disabused of all your thoughts about <laughs> right. how, how well this might work out. Uh, it was a wing and a yeah. prayer at that point. Yeah. Yeah, was but, that when uh, you were taking your spec bench around? Yeah, that was the yeah. uh, the it, it actually had the condor, you know, the, uh, not condor tail, the dovetail tenon legs, and that's the bench that went around the world before it went five miles from the shop. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean that was yeah. It, God, Instagram was such a huge. Um, it, it, at the very least, it was a good morale booster, right? Because you could put stuff out there yeah. and you would get feedback right away. And, um, or at least you could back then. Now it's totally different. Um, yeah, it is different. You know, yeah. the, the algorithm has changed everything. But, um, but yeah, and, and, you know, to get to see other people who are trying to do the same thing and, and um, see that they're getting at least some response, some feedback. I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm in your boat. I don't know what I would have done without it, without the exposure uh, to people across the world. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think we would have had a market. Like, I don't know how people would have really heard about us or, or found what we do. I mean, you're, you're left with like taking out ads and magazines or something. Like, I, I don't know how you get on the map if it wasn't for that kind of wave of, of Instagram people that all kind of booned around the same time together. Mm hmm. Well, so guys, um, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Yeah, uh, that would be on walkmoretools.com. Yep, walkmoretools.com. And, that and uh, y'all are also on Instagram, right? At walkmoretools. Yes, yep, at walkmoretools. Yep. Cool. And you spell walk, W-A-L-K-E. Don't forget that E. It's very important. And more with two O's. 
and more with two O's. So anyway, Mark, where can folks find you? Uh, I am at plate11.com. I am at Mark Builds It on Instagram, and I am plate11woodworking on YouTube. Kyle, where can we find you? Uh, you can always find me at barton.kyle on Instagram. Sean, what about yourself? I'm Sean W78 on most social medias. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.